1: All right. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Pushing the Limits. Thank you so much for joining us. A lot to get to today, as always. Plenty to talk about. We're going to dive into the Ron DeSantis-Gavin Newsom debate, which took place last night. And uh, in that debate, Gavin Newsom talked about Fred Gutenberg and his daughter. Who was shot and killed in that tragic Parkland shooting? Uh, Fred Gutenberg going to be joining me at the bottom of the hour, gun a gun advocacy, uh, advocate, you know, gun rights, and he'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Ask him what he thought about the debate and his name and his daughter's name being interjected in that debate with Ron DeSantis. We'll get to that coming up in hour number two. Of course, we'll be joined by Nicole Mitchell as she joins us every Friday, the social media superstar. Uh a lot of different uh Topics to discuss with her. We'll be getting to plenty of stuff coming up in hour number two. I want to start off right from the get-go and talk about the debate that everyone was talking about leading up to it, of course, and today, which is Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, and Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Now, I was looking forward to this debate. I'll be completely honest with you. I think it lacked a lot of substance both ways. At the same time, it was criticizing one another without any actual solutions to the problems facing this country. Now, chances are, if you're a MAGA or a Republican, you're going to say that Ron DeSantis destroyed Gavin Newsom. If you're a Democrat, an anti-Trumper, you'll probably say Gavin Newsom won the debate. I watch debates and I try to be non-biased and I try to go in there with an open mind. I have to tell you, I thought both failed. On both sides. Um, I think Ron DeSantis was certainly exposed for his lies, the way he treats people, anti-trans, anti-LGBT. But I got to also tell you, Gavin Newsom was exposed a little bit for failed policies in his state as well. The last person in the world who should have moderated this debate is somebody who is not a journalist and somebody who is as far to the right biased as you possibly could be in Sean Hannity. He did a terrible job. Everything was slanted one way and was completely biased. Sean Hannity should have never been the moderator of this debate. With that being said, the topic of immigration was certainly a big part of this debate. And I thought that Gavin Newsom destroyed Ron DeSantis on this because DeSantis, if, if you listen to him and you listen to Republicans, Joe Biden is responsible for all the problems at the border, but here's what Gavin Newsom had to say about that.
2: You're trolling folks and trying to find migrants to play political games, try to get some news and attention so you can out-Trump Trump. Trump. And by the way, how's that going for you,
1: Ron? You're down 41 points in your own home state. I don't think you can get better than a troll than that. That's 100% true. Ron DeSantis is not going to be the Republican nominee. Ron DeSantis is getting destroyed in his own state by Donald Trump. Because Ron DeSantis does not Resonate with the American people. That has been proven. And then they started to talk about the murder rates in their prospective states, California and Florida. Of course, Ron DeSantis wants to blame Democrats and Joe Biden for every murder. And then it was Gavin Newsom who turned the tables on him. The murder seven rate. of the top
2: ten murder rates in the United States, of America are red states. He has a 66 percent higher gun death rate than the state of California he has a higher murder rate. Go to places like Jacksonville. Go to places like Orlando. Go to places like Tampa. The murder rates off the charts compared compared to cities like San Francisco.
1: Completely agree. If you listen to Ron DeSantis, he's going to talk about San Francisco and how Democrats are responsible for all the crime in this country. That's not true. And Gavin Newsom eloquently pointed that out. The murder rates in many of the larger cities in Florida have gone way up since Ron DeSantis took office, but you'll never hear Sean Hannity talk about. You certainly won't hear Ron DeSantis talk about that. And then a very important part of this discussion, gun control, when Gavin Newsom brings up the Parkland school shooting.
2: You had one of the worst mass shootings in American history, Parkland. 17 kids were gunned down, lives lost, 17 others, lives torn asunder. You had a a young girl by the name of Jamie Gutenberg, whose father pleaded with you to do something about it. And you know what you did? They did the exact opposite. You made it
1: easier for felons to get guns without background checks, without any training. Gavin Newsom is 150% true. He's not the only Republican governor. Governor Abhol, as I like to call him, Greg Abbott out of Texas, who's despicable, who just hours after... The Uvalde, Texas shooting was at a campaign fundraiser event before they had even counted all the dead bodies in that classroom. Abbott was counting money at a campaign fundraiser. So when you hear these Republican governors talk about how these lives need to be saved and how much they care about kids and they want to talk about abortion and they want to abolish abortion because they care so much about the unborn. Let's remember how these governors act after these mass shootings. Governor Newsom is 150% correct because good old Ronnie D has made it easier for those that are mentally ill and criminals to get their hands on guns. And I will also say that it is despicable the fact that Ron DeSantis wants to blame Democrats and people on the far left for all the crime in this country that's 150 percent not true and i'm glad that governor newsom was able to set the record straight there and then newsom continues and talks about fred gutenberg who is the father who lost his daughter in that parkland shooting after after you sign that concealed carry bill
2: which increases the likelihood fred gutenberg said of more Jamie's losing their lives and more Parklands. He called you weak, pathetic, and small. So with respect, I appreciate your talking to police officers in the state of California. You may want to spend a little bit also more time, not on the Ohio trail and right. other places across this country. You may spend a little more time back in
1: your home state and address the murder and gun violence in your own backyard. So this is- and isn't it interesting that when you talk about gun control, And you want our politicians to do something about it. People will label you as a liberal. People will label you as a Democrat. Well, guess what? If wanting innocent people to not die, particularly at the hands of gun violence, makes me a liberal, then you can go ahead and call me a liberal. Because if you don't care about our kids being gunned in our schools and killed, If you don't care about the mass carnage throughout this country and you're one of those people that just puts your hands in the air and says, oh, well, bad people are going to get their hands on guns, then you are what Hillary Clinton would call you a deplorable. So go ahead and call me a liberal if you want, even though it's not true because I'm not a liberal. I just don't want innocent people to die, and some of you people out there are despicable, like the Ron DeSantis of the world and the Greg Abbott's of the world, who have actually made it easier for bad people to get their hands on guns with their lackadaisical laws that have been put into effect even after mass shootings like the one in Parkland. The debate continues, and Gavin Newsom continued. Uh, you want to roll back hard-earned national rights, on voting rights, on civil rights, on
2: LGBTQ rights, on women's rights, not just access to abortion, but also access to contraception. You want to weaponize grievance. You are focusing on false separateness. You in particular, Ron, are on a banning binge, a cultural purge, intimidating and humiliating people you disagree
1: with. Could not agree with Gavin Newsom more. If you recall, when Disney didn't agree with Gavin Newsom's don't say gay bill, and make no mistake about it, that's what it is. If Republicans say, that's not what the bill says. Yes, it does. If a child raises their hand in a Florida classroom and says, what does it mean that I have two dads or two moms? A teacher cannot answer that question because if a teacher would answer that question, they would be fired and they could be sued. If a child raises his or her hand and says, what does it mean to be gay? A teacher can't just say, it's just a different way of liking, uh, you know, the same gender. Nothing explicit in that answer. A teacher can't even say that. That's why many people characterize it as a don't say gay bill. And when Gavin Newsom says we're going back to the 1960s, in a way, it's the Ron DeSantis dictatorship. Because if you recall, DeSantis taxed Disney. That's why they got the hell out of that state. Ron DeSantis attacks on the LGBT community, his attacks on transgenders, he wants to make it more difficult for people to vote, and he has. That's what Gavin Newsom means when he says we're taking us back to the 1960s, at least Ron DeSantis is. It's exactly what he's doing. Because the people that support Ron DeSantis, and Ron DeSantis himself, do not want this country to be a mixed bag of all different races, ethnicities, and religions, That's not what Ron DeSantis wants, and that's not what many of his supporters want. That's what Gavin Newsom means when he says we're taking it back to the 1960s. Here's the point in the debate that I thought Gavin Newsom just destroyed Ron DeSantis. It's the issue of abortion. And a question that Ron DeSantis fails to answer, here's a part of that. The American people should know this. I'll answer it for Ron DeSantis. can't answer
2: it. He will sign that extreme. Okay. Six-week let me move on. The American I, people should know
1: that. I'm calling. So this isn't a lie and this isn't identity politics. If Ron DeSantis has it his way, he would support a nationwide six week or more ban on abortion. Anybody who understands the female body, and I'm going to venture a guess that Ron DeSantis probably doesn't know a lot about the female body. We can maybe ask his wife about that, and I would imagine she would probably concur. What Ron DeSantis and many of these MAGA Republicans, most of them middle-aged white men, fail to understand. Most women don't even know they're pregnant at that time. There is a percentage of women, I'm just being honest with you that don't even know that they're pregnant because it's too early. Ron DeSantis wants to criminalize a woman who gets an abortion in the seventh week. Ladies and gentlemen, that's repugnant and that's wrong. If you're pro-life or pro-choice, doesn't matter to me. Have a hundred kids if you'd like, but don't take away that right from another woman who might feel differently than you. Doesn't mean we agree with late-term abortion. In fact, most people in this country... Disagree with late term abortions, which are extremely rare and usually only happen when the woman's health is in jeopardy. I don't see anything wrong with that. And that is a choice that a mother should be able to make with her personal physician. Ron DeSantis is an extremist and he proves that he is an extremist when it comes to the abortion issue. Multiple times in that conversation, Ron DeSantis refused to answer the question. He refuses to answer the very simple question, which is, would you support a six-week or more abortion ban if you were the president of the United States? Now, obviously, the answer is yes, but he doesn't want to answer the question and be honest with the American people. You could say what you want about Gavin Newsom, but he did answer every single question that was posed to him last night. You might not have liked the way he answered the question, But he did answer the question and Ron DeSantis did not. Now, if you want to talk about the blabbering Ron DeSantis, Gavin Newsom gave you some stats of why he thinks it's a very successful Joe Biden presidency and Kamala Harris presidency. Ron DeSantis used his blabber mouth full of lies. Have a listen to this. In supporting
2: Obama supported a a reforms.
1: That's Those a are lie. facts. They're just
2: that's simple facts. The You're fact that your greatest contribution, Ron, you are just to this debate well, is shooting listen, people with backpacks. I don't mind, I mean, that's so I don't mind so him unfairious. lying to me. Right.
3: I don't mind Gavin lying to me, but I do mind him lying to you. Uh, he is sitting there <laughs> saying that Joe Biden is willing to solve this problem. Is there anybody out there that actually believes this? Support Joe Biden plan.
4: created this problem. So if the he's plan. willing
3: to lie to you about that, you know he's lying to you about all these other facts and figures, uh, about all this other stuff. He's just throwing stuff out to see what sticks against yeah. the wall. This is a slick, slippery politician yeah. whose state is failing, people are leaving his state, and he's trying to run interference all right. for his failure. Exactly.
1: Okay, so that's a lie. More people per capita are leaving Florida than California. So Ron DeSantis is lying right there. Let's see if Gavin Newsom is lying. We're talking about the Joe Biden record. And everything that Gavin Newsom said about the Joe Biden presidency were straight up facts, and here's a perfect example of that. time, places. let me just I, I, like I, do, Biden I do have a follow-up question. I do have a, have a, do have a hey, follow-up question. Ron, Ron, in
2: California. Ron, I'm happy that you continue to talk. Let's talk a little bit about Bidenomics because I'm happy to take that on right now as well. And I think it's You're a fair point. You're a big point. supporter of it. That's, I, I, I appreciate you acknowledging 14 that. 14 million jobs, 10 times more than the last three Republican presidents combined. Because he had a 800- 15,000 manufacturing jobs. Because the the jobs jobs were because of the COVID lockdowns. Are you kidding me? 3.9% unemployment. As he continues to talk over me, I'll talk to the American people. 3.9% unemployment. The lowest black unemployment in American history. The lowest unemployment for Hispanics in American history. The lowest unemployment for women in 70 years. The lowest black poverty rates in history. That's this administration's agenda. And by the way, as you smile and smirk over there, you should know this, the American people. Here's a guy who celebrated Bidenomics just this week, celebrating twenty-eight million dollars that came into your state because of the Chips and Science Act, one of the most significant economic
1: plans right. since FDR. I'm proud of the right. work Biden and Harris have done. He just destroyed Ron DeSantis with facts. And if you notice, when you de- when you destroy a lot of these MAGA Republicans with facts, oh, that's because of this. Oh, that's because of that. The truth of the matter is, is that Joe Biden and his administration have created 14 million jobs, manufacturing records broken, the lowest unemployment rate under 4% in 50 years. And he mentions the Chips and Science Act, which, by the way, Joe Biden was the leader of. The state of Florida, particularly Governor Ron DeSantis, just received close to 30 Million dollars to their state because of Joe Biden and his administration. Now, Ron DeSantis will be in front of a podium. He'll gladly accept that check and he'll smile and he'll say it was because of him, because that's what a lot of Republicans do. They vote against certain bills that Democrats vote in and vote for, and then they accept the money, even though they vote against something. Ron DeSantis is a perfect example of that. He's gonna accept that $27 million check. By the way, already has. Did he thank the Joe Biden administration? Gavin Newsom is just reminding him, and he's just pointing that out. I don't think Joe Biden's perfect. In fact, as I say on this show almost every day, I wish he'd step aside, not because I think he's a bad guy, not because I think he's been a horrible president. I think he's just a little bit too old. We need somebody younger in there. But the fact of the matter is that as a lot has been accomplished over the last several years during the Biden administration, you don't like Joe Biden. That's fine. I'm happy to have that conversation with you. But the bottom line is a lot of good things have happened under Joe Biden. And Ron DeSantis, when given these facts, oh, but wait, but that that, that was because of COVID and that was because of this, because that's what these Republicans will do. How about the infrastructure bill? The bipartisan infrastructure bill that Donald Trump claimed that he was going to put behind the books, he was going to absolutely get bipartisan support, which, by the way, he never did. Joe Biden was able to do that. Was that because of COVID? What about the bipartisan gun legislation laws that were put on the books? Now, you'd probably say, and I would agree, it's not enough. It's not the Democrats' fault. It's not Joe Biden's fault because Republicans keep blocking these bills. But Joe Biden was still able to work with Republicans and put some of these bills on the books. You have to give him credit for that. And how about health care to our brave men and women in uniform that desperately needed it, that were having breathing issues? Jon Stewart was also a big part of this bill. It wouldn't have happened without Joe Biden. It certainly wouldn't have happened without Jon Stewart. It would not have happened if a Republican was in office as president of the United States. Inflation continues to go down. Gas prices continue to go down. People continuing to get back to work. And when you look at the economy that Donald Trump took over, because I hear this from so many people, oh, I just love the policies of Donald Trump. He took over a great economy. And if you like the policies of Donald Trump, then I ask you this question. In 2016, Donald Trump ran on two policies, or two promises, I guess you could call them, things he was going to implement. He said he was going to build a wall and Mexico was going to pay for it. He built 16% of the wall and Mexico didn't pay a dime for it. So I think he would call that a failed policy, right? He ran on that. He also ran on, we're going to lock up Hillary Clinton. You heard the chants, lock her up, lock her up. He said he was going to hire a special prosecutor to pr- to prosecute Hillary Clinton and send her to jail. Not only was she not sent to jail, she wasn't indicted, and he didn't hire a special prosecutor. So wouldn't you call that failed policies and a failed policy maker? So don't you give me this nonsense. You liked his policies. Trump did a pretty good job of not screwing up the economy until COVID hit, right? So COVID hit, he said it was going to be gone by Easter, 15 cases down to zero. So how did he do with COVID? I thought for the most part, the entire debate yesterday was somewhat of a waste of time. I didn't learn anything new. I thought Gavin Newsom did a decent job and Ron DeSantis had some more memorized statements and pictures of doo-doo in San Francisco in maps. And I thought it was a complete and total embarrassment. Ron DeSantis is going to continue to be Ron DeSantis, and that's why the polls are so bad for Ron DeSantis, who, by the way, again, is down 41% in his own home state of Florida, to Donald Trump. Let's go to the phone call, 702-221-7283. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's go to Edward first. What's up, Edward? Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, man? What's up, man? Not much to use,
5: but, you know, I like what you're talking about the debates, man, but I think, honestly, man, and I'll just give my own two cents on this, but I think these debates are kind of pointless and boring. I think people already have made up their mind. Unless one of these guys or women have made have said something extremely big, then I think people have kind of made up their mind when they go to the polls already.
1: Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I, I agree with you for the most part. I think people probably... They're
5: entertaining to watch. Yeah. It's, cool to watch. it's like a Jerry Springer kind of thing. Well, like, I'll, I'll say this. People arguing
1: but. I'll say what? I'll say this, I agree with you. But I, but I think that yeah. if you had a better moderator cuz Sean Hannity's not a moderator, he's a right-wing no. he's a no. right-wing creep and he's not a journalist and he was completely yeah. biased yesterday. You need people that are moderators yeah. that are not biased that are going to be fair. That that, that that's course. that's where the trouble started. I think if you had a better yeah. moderator uh and there weren't mm-hmm. so many interruptions, I think it could have been more productive. Yeah. Yeah. And
5: like, even like when I go to my local polls, like, yeah. you know, in my neighbor, in my neck of the woods, like when I see people like outside with their signs and, you know, they can they can only stand so far away from the voting poll. Like, Hey, vote for my wife yeah. or vote for my friend. You know, I, I've kind of already made up my mind when I've rolled up to the parking lot already.
1: Yeah, I have so, too. And uh, i pretty much, I'd pretty much vote for a gremlin over Donald Trump. So I'll tell you that one. Uh, good to hear from you as <laughs> always, know. Edward. I appreciate you, my friend. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Okay. Later, peace. Thanks. Uh let's go to John 221 Seven oh two 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 one seven two eight three is the number to call again. Seven oh two 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 one seven two eight three. Let's go to John. John, what's up? That's, 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 that's. John, you gotta turn John, off you gotta your radio, radio my radio. friend. Uh John, are you there? John, are you there? Did we lose John? Okay, John, you gotta turn off your radio when you call into a radio show. That's usually that's usually the way it works. Uh, so a person. That was mentioned in that debate yesterday was Fred Gutenberg and his daughter who lost her life in the Parkland school shooting. Fred Gutenberg is going to join us uh, next on the show, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Gavin Newsom interjecting him and, and, and his daughter. Uh, so we'll be getting to that uh, on the other side of the break. But uh, let's take another phone call, 702-221-7283. Let's go to Paul. Paul, what's up?
5: Hey, how you doing, man? Good. Hey, I just I wanted to get your opinion about something. When I, I called in a couple of days ago who was the gentleman that was running for Congress as an independent in I think it was Nevada. Uh
1: I used to he was in, in studio. You're talking about Evan Stone. Am I am I right?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So and I I know we don't call in and talk to like Congress people, but I guess and he's allowed to have his own opinion. I think you're this you and I are very similar, like to have our own opinions, but it seemed very strange, like when, and I know not everybody does this, but like when he was talking, even though I, I was trying to see his point of view, I was quiet, I was listening, and it, 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 it was a little weird because every time I said something, the second I was in the middle of a sentence or he didn't agree with it, he kept interrupting me, you know, and I wanted to be respectful because it's your show, but I, aren't debates supposed to be, you're supposed to listen? and then respond, and then listen, and then respond. Because if he's running for progress, you need to be able to... And I'm not saying he's right or wrong, but I'm just saying... If he's going to be running in an electric position... He needs to have the ability to listen to people even if they don't agree with them and I, let them I finish don't, a
1: sentence. Yeah, I understand where you're going with that, Paul. And, and I think when, we, yeah. when you look at the debate last night, I think that's a perfect example of that. There was too much talking over one another. Uh, and I agree. Yeah. I, I think it's one thing to be doing a radio show, but the American people want to hear from two politicians that are debating each other. You don't want to hear talking yeah. over one another. It was a big mistake that Donald Trump made, which I think might have been one of the reasons why he lost the 2020 election. In that first debate, all he did was talk over Joe Biden, and it was just a mess. And I think people right. were just tired of it. So yes, I agree with you. I think when you're going to have a good spirited debate with someone, it's very, very important to give each other equal time. And uh, obviously that didn't happen last night in the debate. Do you
5: think at this point, is it even about, and and I I, I think I'll message you this book that I read. It's an, I got like 20 minutes left. It's an excellent book. It's about like something about democracy. And it seems like, and I say this as a former Republican, it's all about grievance politics, right? Like, if, if if Sean Hannity would have asked like what's two plus two, you know, he would have said, The radical left, or what's your plan to fix global warming? Antifa. And it just seems like every he has no answer for anything other than fear-mongering or grievance politics or Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck and am I am I reading the room completely wrong here or no, am I
1: on face? I think I think you're a hundred percent right. And uh you know it's the, it's the take with so many on the far right Republicans today in that, you know, they want to complain about the Joe Biden administration. They want to complain about liberals and, and the Biden uh Bidenomics, but yet they have no solutions to any of the problems facing the American people. Uh I gotta let you go, Paul, because uh we got okay. uh, we got our guest that's that's on right now and ready to go, but I appreciate your call, sir. Thank you so much. Later man. Thank you. All right. So as I mentioned in the debate last night between Governor Newsom and Ron DeSantis, it was Gavin Newsom, that interjected Fred Gutenberg and his daughter, and I want to play that for you before I introduce our next guest. Here's how that went down. You had a, a young girl by the name of Jamie Gutenberg,
2: whose father pleaded with you to do something about it. And you know what you did? You did the exact opposite. You made it easier for felons to get guns without background checks, without any training. These people pleaded with the parents and the families to get tough
1: on gun safety. And again, you made it easier for felons. That man is joining us right now on the line. Always a pleasure having him on. Uh, just uh, just always, always an honor. Fred Gutenberg joining us right now on Pushing Limits. Fred, always a pleasure having you, my friend. How are you? Ryan, uh, I'm good. That was, that was weird last night. <laughs> Not, yeah, you know it, it. See that one coming. It was, wasn't it? I texted you, and I had mentioned to you, and I'm sure you got a lot of texts that uh, Gavin yeah. Newsom mentioned your name. Let me ask you this to start: What went through your mind the first time you heard that clip of Gavin Newsom interjecting your name, and of course, uh, your daughter's name?
3: My first thought was, "Thank you." Um, it, it it is time that Democrats fight that fight as clearly as he did um, on issues like this, because it is where Americans stand and Gavin Newsom stands on the side of those who want to stop the next one. He is 100% right with what he said about Governor DeSantis. In the state of Florida, back in July, Governor DeSantis, in the middle of the night, signed legislation on permitless carry. You can be a Fell in and untrained anything you want you can be someone who can't get a gun legally go to a gun store get your weapon no background check steal it from somebody's unlocked car no background check any of those things and carry it in the state of florida and nobody can do anything about it
1: have you had any personal discussions with uh ron desantis about this
3: about permitless carry yeah no, you know what? In, in, in Ron DeSantis' first year in the administration, his administration and I were in pretty regular communication. Um We actually were working on some similar, uh, uh you know, hopeful outcomes with regards to what happened in the shooting. And candidly, I was shocked by him in his first year with how moderate he was governing and how he really seemed to want to... um not be an extreme person. What changed? Uh, he decided he wanted to run for president. And the only way to um, get there, I guess in his estimation, was to lock down a base that belonged to Donald Trump. And everything about him changed as a result. We, we have not spoken since. I do not communicate with his administration anymore. And, and, and honestly, not surprised to me, because I do know him, he failed because he's a terrible candidate.
1: Would you go as far as to say if you're a Republican today, you're a bad person when you choose worried about, you know, staying in power or maybe in Ron DeSantis's case, trying to be the next president of the United States, which, you know, he's, we know he's not going to be. And you put that over people like you. People like your daughter, when you have the type of school shooting in Parkland, where all these innocent people died, and you choose staying in power, or in this case, trying to become the next president of the United States over saving lives?
3: Listen, there are a lot of Republicans who I think the world of who are not bad people. Sadly, they don't have a place in this current version of that party. So those who stay in this current version of that party, trying to win the nomination from a base that has decided Donald Trump should be president, a base that has decided elections actually don't matter, a base that has decided democracy is not something we any longer need. Trying to win in that version of this party makes you a bad person. You're I have respect for those who have said, you know, we're going to walk away, do everything we can to defeat this party in '24." And then we'll rebuild it.
1: I completely agree with you, Fred. Obviously, debate last night, uh, a good part of it was about gun control. And I'm glad that Gavin Newsom mentioned you and and your daughter. With that said, you know, a lot of other topics were discussed. Does Ron DeSantis have any good points when he criticizes Gavin Newsom for the homeless issues? Uh, He even had a feces map, for lack of a better term, that he used. What did you make of Ron DeSantis' performance as a whole? Do you think he made any good points at all?
3: When Gavin Newsom, um, mentioned my name, he mentioned a tweet that I put out. And I have often called DeSantis small, weak, and weird. And at times pathetic. I, honestly, I thought his performance last night was small, weak, weird, and pathetic. And pulling out that map was just ridiculous. I don't even know the source of that map. I can't speak to homelessness in California versus Florida. Every state has its own unique circumstances. What I can tell you is uh, Florida uh, is no longer the place that it was. People can't afford to live here now, not just because of the cost of purchasing or renting, which now rivals New York, but the cost of homeowner's insurance because the market collapsed under DeSantis' watch. And in fact, when people can't afford where they live, you are going to see more homelessness and you're seeing that here in Florida. So to to it's, to it's see DeSantis act like eh, that's not happening here in Florida was a lie. Um, again, I can't speak to California, but I can speak to Florida.
1: You know, obviously we wish that these politicians were not mentioning your name and we all wish that your daughter was still here and all those innocent yeah. lives weren't lost. Obviously, that's without being said, we all agree there. Is it weird for you, though? I mean, Fred, you know, you're you're a household name now, and I think for all the right reasons that you're pushing for, and, we, and, and many of us agree with you when it comes to gun control. But with that being said, is that still a little strange? I mean, we have tens of millions of people that watched the debate last night, and one of the few names that were mentioned in the entire debate was you and your daughter. Is that strange for you? Because you've pretty much become a household name, and as I said, for the right reasons and you wanting to do the right thing.
3: Yes. Um, I hate that this is kind of the arc of my life at the moment. Um, I, I should be doing what all of my other friends do with their kids who were Jamie's age and visiting her in school. That's where my life was supposed to be. Um, I should still be known as Jesse and Jamie's goofy dad because that's who I was. I was always a guy who worked my tail off. But I had a great time with my kids. Their are friends. They loved coming to my house. Because my house was a place where you could come. You could, for sure, be closely monitored. Parents knew it. But it, we had a good time. You know, I was Jesse and Jamie's goofy dad. And I would give anything to have that back. And not to be mentioned in a debate like I was last night. But that's not happening.
1: Of course. Of course. We, we all agree on that. Moving forward now, do you I, I want to get your thoughts on this because you're pretty juiced in when I say this. You know, a lot of the key players, a lot of the big Democrats in office today. What can you tell us about Joe Biden? You know, I asked Andrew Yang this question. He came on the other day and he gave me the I'm going to ask you the same question I asked him. Do you think it will be Joe Biden versus Donald Trump? Or if not, what do you think is going to happen?
3: So I, I didn't hear Andrew Yang's answer. Um, I don't know if it was different than mine, but I, I do know President Biden. Um, I was with him not long ago. I think he is, um, incredibly vibrant still. Um, and I, I'll just say this. Look at where we are as a country today. Look at what has happened, whether you're talking infrastructure, gun policy, which is Finally, we, we're changing the course there. Uh, environment, um, you know, you can look across foreign policy. You can look across the board and say, because of President Biden, we are in a better place. Because of the people that gravitate to him, that work in that White House, we are in a better place. And so here's my feeling. He has earned the right to run for re-election. He is running for re-election. He will be re-elected. For everyone who sits around saying, I can't believe we're going to have the same choice that we had the last time, buckle up because you will. It's going to be Biden versus Trump. Biden will again defeat Trump. And because Biden defeats Trump, democracy survives. If Trump other way around, it doesn't.
1: Obviously, Fred, for the most part, I'm on your side politically. Obviously, I'll be voting for Joe Biden. I mean, I would even vote for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And I'm not a big Robert F. Kennedy over Trump. I'd vote for just about anybody over Donald Trump. With that being said, though, Fred, I'm worried. And I don't always go by the polls. Uh, You know, the polls all told us Hillary was going to win in 2016. I don't always go by the polls. But I'm still very worried because there's still a large percentage of people in this country that will not vote for Joe Biden, that will vote for Donald Trump, no matter who he's running against. Are you worried at all? I hear you. Um,
3: Here's why I'm not worried. That large percentage of people that will vote for Trump are what's left of the Republican Party. Those who were once part of that party have moved out and become no party affiliate. They are not going to vote for Trump. OK, so you're going to have your Democrats voting for Trump, your longtime independents voting, I'm sorry, for Biden, your longtime independents voting for Biden. And you're going to have a whole group of people previously in the Republican Party who are going to vote for Biden because they want to annihilate what's left of that party and rebuild it. And they want democracy to thrive. Listen, you and I have talked about, as an example, Joe Walsh before. OK, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, Former Republicans who will vote for Biden because they love democracy. Right. I think at the end of the day, the closing argument of this race is going to be really simple. Do you want democracy to survive or not?
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Isn't it interesting, though, that there are still so many Republicans out there that call their party party? The Law and Order Party, yet on a a debate stage, so many Republicans up there on the stage raise their hand if asked if Donald Trump is basically a convicted felon, would you still support him? And many of them still say yes. That's not just the people that are running for president. Those are most in the Republican Party that are in office today. They would still vote for Donald Trump. What does that say about the Republican Party?
3: Well, listen, what it says to me is what's left of it and those who identify in it are broken people supporting a broken candidate. And who don't support democracy. I no longer even try to engage those people, to be quite honest.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: I I think what it says to me is, while that may be 30-something percent of the electorate, you still have, call it 70%, that isn't in that same place. And we just need to focus the next year on talking to them and making sure they get out and vote, they don't sit home. Sitting home in the next election is not an option. You may not love
1: your choice, but you better vote for it. Fred, you've met these people. You've met the vice president, Kamala Harris. You've spent Mm -hmm. time with her. You've spent time with Joe Biden. You've spent time with a lot of these elected officials. I hear from some Democrats out there that that are not the biggest fans of our vice president. I don't know her personally. (laughs) Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Talk about your time with Kamala Harris because I don't know her. I've never met her. Clearly you have. What can you say about her? Um. Yeah, this is one of those that I don't get. and I, I, Maybe it's just
3: sometimes things translate differently in person mm-hmm. than on a television screen. Because in person, one of the most authentic, dynamic, smart people – I've had a chance to communicate with. And so I don't get it. Um, I know that exists that that feeling. Um, but, but I think it just may be one of those things where it's either the way it translates on television or maybe it's the way media covers her, which I think is part of it and, and a, and something that we all need to be honest about.
1: If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Fred Gutenberg. Uh, He was mentioned in the debate last night, and he's nice enough to join us today. All right. You've also met with not just Democrats, right? You've met with a lot of Republicans. Could have been yeah. Marco Rubio. Could have been Ron DeSantis. Here's my question for you. Of the far right, I hate to use this term, but I will, MAGA Republicans that you've met with, have any of them, in your opinion, been sincere with you? They really want change. They care about what happened to your daughter and all those other innocent people that have died in Parkland and mass shootings around the country. Can you say with a straight face that you've met some of these ultra MAGA Republicans and some of them, in your opinion, are genuine?
3: You know, if you would have asked me that question two years ago, two and a half years ago, I probably would have answered it. Yes. They, they, especially since January 6th, they've all moved away from any effort to even act genuine, to even act as if this is just a difference of opinion. They are all in on the crazy. Uh, again, two and a half years ago, I, I would have said absolutely yes. It's just we just don't see the world the same way. Today, I'm going to tell you the answer is no. In, in my mind, if you can't stand up for democracy... We live on different planets. We're just not in the same room. Uh, And so um, for sure, I do think the big lie over the election and January 6th has changed my feeling on that.
1: My argument, Fred, and you know this better than me, but is I feel like a lot of these far right radical MAGA Republicans care more about their A plus rating from the NRA than actually, you know, getting things done and saving lives. And, and the argument I also make is, have you seen any Democrats running for office or any campaign ads bragging about their A-plus rating from their NRA? It's actually the opposite. A lot of these Democrats brag about their D or F rating from the NRA because they don't care that most Democrats, maybe not all, but I think most Democrats, they want to put reasonable laws on the books. It could be an assault weapons ban, you name it. Um, I, I just feel like that's more important to so many, not all, but so many Republicans, their oh, A plus rating from the NRA, right?
3: They're so much more simple than even that. Yeah. Listen, they don't even go for the A rating of the, the NRA. Doesn't even give out their ratings anymore because the truth is after Parkland, we eviscerated the NRA and what that stood for. It doesn't exist anymore. These MAGA Republicans, their requirements are far more simple than that A rating. Yeah. They want to kiss the ring. Yeah. That's it. They want to for whatever reason, they are in, in, in feeling this need to embrace and be led by this guy mm-hmm. who they know is bad for democracy, who they know is a liar, who they know is a criminal. But you know what? They don't care. They feel as if it'll give them some kind of power if they help him get elected. It won't. He'll discard of them the way he does everyone else when they no longer serve (laughs) a purpose. But that's who they are. They're weak. They're weak people.
1: I agree. Uh, I just want to run a couple more quick questions for you. I want to run down some of the things that I talk about when I'm getting into a gun control debate with somebody. I want to pick your brain on this and you tell me whether you agree or not. Just several things. I think just like buying, you know, getting your driver's license, guns should be treated in a sense the same way. You need an instructor. You need to know how to, uh, you know, shoot the gun. You know, whatever the case may be, you need some training there. I think the, uh, the age should be 18 to 21 to purchase a gun. I think we need an assault weapons ban, similar to an assault weapons ban that was in the early nineties until Republicans allowed that to fizzle out. Uh, those are just some of the things that I think we need to do to start that I think would lower some of the gun violence and red flag laws. You know, in some states, as you know, Fred, you can you know, threaten a friend or threaten a spouse and say, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to go buy a gun and kill you. Now, that person would probably be arrested. But in some states, the next day, they'd be allowed to legally purchase a gun. I mean, those are three or four things that I think that should be implemented. They won't, but they should be that I think would save lives. Do you agree with those?
3: Well, listen, let, let's start with red flag. Laws sure. Because more states are doing that. And let's look at the most recent mass shooting in Maine, a red flag law. Likely would have prevented that. Correct. Um, Maine, in a sellout to the NRA, implemented what they called a yellow flag law, which made it impossible to actually utilize an extreme risk protection order. Um, so, so red flag laws work. They should be the law of the land in every state across this country. Um, there, you you went through a whole litany of other things. I agree with you. But I, I'm going to tell you this. I think there's a few things you didn't mention. Um, one is repeal PLACA. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to change the the course of, of where we are in this country with regards to guns and gun violence, because this is not an anti-gun conversation. This is an anti-gun violence conversation. And if you want to change the course, hold those accountable for flooding our streets as part of their business model, Okay, knowing that the more guns they float our streets with, the more fear they cause and then the more they drive other people to buy guns. It's part of the business model. Let's sue them. Let's get the documents that show what went into their business planning. They had a cost of doing business on people like my daughter. Let's have the tobacco moment. But to do it, we have to repeal pocket. Right. That's number one. I agree. because we already have over 400 million weapons in America, plus ghost guns, 20 years ago when Jamie was born, we were about 200 million. So we've more than doubled our arsenal in 20 years. The reality is we have to be more creative. And the to me, the holy grail of solving gun violence, because again, this is not anti-gun, this is anti-gun violence, is through ammunition. If you're a... Prohibited perks are a firearm in America. You, by law, are also prohibited from buying ammunition. However, there is no requirement for a background check on ammunition. So all of these folks who get their guns through gun shows because they can't pass a background check or by stealing it from somebody or training for it with somebody, they simply walk into the store and buy the bullets and nobody checks. Hmm. If you want to save lives immediately, let's
1: extend background checks to ammunition. I agree with both of those 100 percent. In fact, of the things you mentioned and the things I mentioned, if Rep- and, and let's be honest, most Democrats probably agree with all of those things, or at least uh, or most Democrats, most Democrat lawmakers. The problem is Republicans don't. If they could just give us a few of those, it would be a great start. But unfortunately, they're not. And that's what makes it so difficult for these types of bills uh, to pass. Last question for you. Um, And I wanted to bring this up because, you know, when I lost my sister last year, my parents got a dog mm-hmm. and I can't even. And I thought of you because of your charity and how much it helps in the grieving process. It helps with your family, with my family. So I want to give you the opportunity, the wonderful work that you have done with your charity yeah. in helping families out there across the country that have lost loved ones and 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 giving them the gift of a dog or a cat or whatever. Yeah. In this case, a dog. Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Yeah. So. When Jamie was killed, we had two dogs in our house. One was five years old and then we had a four month old puppy. And I've talked often about how having those two dogs and especially the puppy saved my family, mm-hmm. saved me. Um, and about a year and a half ago, um, my wife just kept on thinking, we have to do something different with our foundation that is unique to our Drivens for Jamie, which is what our foundation is called. And. The only thing that made sense, because we're such dog obsessed people, and so was Jamie, was something with dogs. Mm-hmm. And we came up with the idea that we call Paws of Love, to give what we call companion dogs to families affected by gun violence. And we're working with a breeder, so we give puppies that are eight to ten weeks old. And the breeder, based upon the families, we get to know them, we interview them, and we, you know, we find out. What type of environment is in their house? We can select a certain puppy with a certain personality and place it with that family. But then we also do the entire first year. All the medical, all the grooming, all the training, food, the crate, the toys, everything. So, um, I um listen, my daughter doesn't get to be a part of this with us physically, but my daughter is the heart and soul of this. And through our foundation, um, and again, called Orange Ribbons for Jamie, this is how Jamie will live.
1: I love it. Uh Always in all of our hearts, what you do. And I say this at the end of every interview with you because I mean it with all my heart. I have so much respect for you and your family. You're a wonderful man. Uh, I don't know how your daughter would have felt about this if she would have wanted her dad to run for office. But I can tell you, there's a lot of people in this country like myself that wish one day you would. I don't know if that's something you'll ever do. You would have my vote in a heartbeat. I am going to
3: keep using my big mouth to say what I want, when I want, how I want, without any worries of whether or not I said the wrong thing or said it too aggressively. Um, I got to be me.
1: And you're probably going to accomplish more by being you. So I can understand that completely. Yes. Fred, always a pleasure, my friend, uh, best regards to you and your family. Have, have, have a good holiday as good as you can and, and just keep up fighting the fight. My man, I just have so much respect for you and I always appreciate it when you take the time to come on the show, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Take care. Appreciate it. Take care. That's Fred Gutenberg. What a, just a wonderful man. Um, you know, I get, I get choked up when, when I think about, um, his daughter and, and, and losing his daughter, the way he lost his daughter, the way all those families lost loved ones in Parkland. Um, all the people that, that lose loved ones uh, across the country in any way, really, right. There's tragedy in, in so many different ways. It doesn't just have to be gun violence, but the, what this, what this man has done in the name of his daughter, uh, gosh, it's so commendable. I have so much respect for him. Um, I wish Gavin Newsom didn't have to mention his name in the debate last night. You know, I I wish that we didn't have to talk about gun violence so much in this country, but it's a reality and it's where we are. And I I, gosh, I just commend Fred so much for what he's doing, the pain and the suffering, you know, um, So I highly recommend if you lost a loved one, if you're going through the grieving process, especially with the holidays, right, right around the corner here with Christmas and New Year's Eve, get a dog or find Fred's charity where they will provide you an animal. Uh, It it really does help. It's never going to make all the pain go away. It never, the pain will never go away, but it will, it will help. I can promise you that it will help. I do want to open up the phone lines again because we're talking about a number of topics here and we got a few more minutes here to do so. Uh, we just had Fred Gutenberg on, who was mentioned in the debate last night. We're talking about gun control and really a lot of the topics that were discussed last night between Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. They talked about abortion. Who do you think won the debate? Who lost the debate? Were there any? Maybe maybe you didn't think it, maybe you thought it was a draw. Your thoughts on that interview I just did with Fred Gutenberg, which um, just a just a great man, a wonderful man. Um So I'll open up the phone lines and I'll give out the number because I get a lot of requests here on social media. I can't take live requests on social media. The only way to be a part of this program, if you want to actually talk on this show, you have to call this number. Here it is. Area code 702-221-7283. Again, if you want to be a part of the program now live, 702-221-7283. That's 702 221 save If you want to be a part of the show. Where I get really frustrated with people. And many of them. Yes they are Republicans. Particularly on this issue. When it comes to gun control. Is that they don't have any realistic solutions. Locking our. The back door of our schools. Is not going to end gun violence. Arming kindergarten teachers. Not going to make things any better. Now, I don't, because you'll hear a lot of arguments from people on the right. They'll talk about Chicago. They'll talk about black-on-black crime. They'll talk about gang violence. And my response to that is, it doesn't matter whether an innocent person, white or black, is killed in Chicago or a 12-year-old or 10-year-old or 8-year-old kid is killed in a classroom. Gun violence is gun violence, and when an innocent person is killed by the hands of a madman or madwoman with a gun, it doesn't matter what part of the country it happens in. But those are the arguments you hear on the right. Guns don't kill people, people kill people. And when somebody makes an idiotic statement like that, my response to them is, does that mean every human being in this country should have their access to nuclear weapons? Does that mean every human in this country should have access to an armed tank? Now, of course, the answer is no. And they'll say no. And then I'll say why. If guns don't kill people, then nuclear weapons don't kill people, right? People kill people. The reason why we don't have nuclear weapons or grenades sold to everyday regular people is because they're dangerous and they can kill a lot of people in a very short period of time. The same thing with some of these assault weapons that were not built to defend yourself. They were built to kill as many people as possible in a short period of time. Now, if you still disagree with that and you want to get into a debate with me and get in the weeds with me when it comes to guns and you think you're a know-it-all, then usually the conversation then will go to, okay, We disagree on that, and you don't think there should be assault weapons ban, then what do you think we should do? We have more gun violence in this country than we've ever had before. We have more guns in this country than we've ever had before. Now, I don't think that's a coincidence. We're a country that's obsessed with our guns. But if you're one of those people that disagrees with me on everything I've just said, then what are your solutions? A lot of people will use the term mental illness. That's not a solution. There are – my response to that is there are mentally ill people all over the world. Why is it that this problem is so bad in the United States of America? It's not because we have more mentally ill people here. There are mentally ill people everywhere. I'm going back to what I said earlier. Okay, I'm going in a circle here. The reason why we do have so many mentally ill people in this country – That are able to get their hands on guns. It's because it's too easy to get your hands on guns. And we have way too many guns in this country. Again, if you disagree with that statement, then I want to know your solutions. Saying that we have to do a better job with the mentally ill is not a solution. By the way... Democrats have put forth bills time and time again to help those that are mentally ill, to help those that have drug addiction, to help those that are homeless, that are mentally ill. And Republicans strike down these bills time and time and time again. So if you're a Republican and your solution to ending the gun violence is we need to put more money towards those that are mentally ill, then maybe you need to stop voting for Republicans that won't do it. Make no mistake about it. The reason why we have so much gun violence in this country is not because of Democrats. It's because of Republicans. Republicans vote against bills that would make us safer as human beings. They don't want to raise the age from 18 to 21. They don't want an assault weapons ban. They don't want to put money towards helping those that are mentally ill. They don't want to have any mandatory training. When it comes to guns, they think more guns make us safer, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because if more guns make us safer, wouldn't we be one of the safest countries in the world when it comes to gun violence? That's obviously not the case. All these arguments I hear from the right are the dumbest arguments you could possibly hear from anybody. They all, for the most part, make no sense. If Republicans had it their way, we wouldn't have 140 guns per 100 people in this country. We'd have a 1,000 guns per 100 people, and I guarantee you the gun violence would keep going up. If we had it, uh, Republicans had it their way, every teacher in this country would be armed with a gun. We're not going to pay them more money to teach, but we want to make sure that they have guns on them. If many Republicans had it their way, Everybody in this country might have an AR-15. I'm not making this stuff up. Look at the way Republicans vote when it comes to guns. Look at what they do. Look at the bills they want to pass. Look at the bills they refuse to pass. I'm not making this stuff up. I don't throw stuff at a wall and hope that it sticks. Republicans care more about their A plus, many of them, not all of them, care more about their A plus rating from the NRA than our innocent children dying in the classroom. Don't believe me? The governor of Texas, Governor Greg Abhol, as I like to call him, the day of the Uvalde, Texas shooting, that night when they hadn't even counted all the dead bodies of those Innocent kids that lost their lives to a nut, an 18-year-old that was legally able to walk into a store the day he turned 18 and buy thousands of rounds of ammunition and an AR-15, by the way, who shot his grandmother in the face. On that night, Governor Greg Abbott went to a campaign fundraiser, again, hours after the shooting. He wasn't meeting with families. He wasn't on the scene he was at a campaign fundraiser counting his money when they didn't even count all the dead bodies. That is your typical Republican today when it comes to gun control. I'm not saying every Republican behaves that way, but a lot of them do. Ron DeSantis, look it up if you don't believe me, has made it easier for people to purchase guns in the state of Florida. He's made the background checks Less effective, and this is after the Parkland shooting. you think he would have learned. Governor Abbott has done the exact same thing. These Republicans believe that more guns make us safer. These Republicans are dead wrong, for lack of a better term. And again, so long as the NRA continues to back the campaigns of so many of these Republicans, like the Marco Rubios of the world, They ain't going to do anything to protect you and me. And don't you give me this nonsense. Democrats want to take all your guns away because there's not one Democrat in office that has said on the record, I want to take all your guns away. Democrats don't believe that. They don't want to take all your guns away. They believe you have the right to defend yourself. It's just a certain type of weapon or weapons that they don't want you to use. That is not true. 702 221 7283. And again, the number to call if you'd like to be a part of the conversation 702 221 save 702 221 7283. Let's go next to Tyler, who's, or Cyrus, I'm sorry, Cyrus, who's next on Pushing Limits. Hello, Cyrus.
4: Hey, thank you for having me on again. Sure. I think that, uh, let me give you the strengths and the weaknesses of. Newsome from last night. It was very entertaining to watch. Uh, I think that his strengths was on the issue of guns, but his weaknesses was on the issue of fuel prices.
1: Okay, explain to me why.
4: Well, right now, California, which I was there last week, yeah. uh, is paying 470 uh, Much of the country is paying in the low threes. Now, he, he does have a point. There is gouging happening. I to you about this yesterday. Uh, When there's an oil refinery, there's an outage, the prices spike, and not just in California, but we see it in Nevada, we see it in Arizona, because Nevada and Arizona is paying more than Florida. Actually, everywhere west of the Rocky Mountains is paying more than Florida, so you can't just blame solely on Gavin Newsom, but I do think the California policies have responsibility. Now the taxes are not a dollar fifty in the state of California, but, but when you are a homeowner and you open the door, you have responsibility, although not as much as the burglar that comes in and steals the items in your home. So California has policies that created a climate for gouging because you have to ask yourself, Why isn't the gouging happening in all these other states in the eastern part of the
1: country? Yeah, well, first of all, I would respectfully disagree with you. While while the price the price of gasoline is certainly much more expensive in California than some of the other states, gas prices went up, and that was because of corporate greed. And if you ask Gavin Newsom about it, he's actually suing some of these companies for the price gouging. So I mean, I wouldn't.
4: But But then the gap, the gap between not just California and the eastern part of the country but also in Nevada and Arizona how do you explain the gap
1: you don't think there's a difference between the state of Nevada and the state of California as far as population no no
4: no 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 the western the western united states is paying way higher than they are paying in the eastern united states now there's a difference between California and Nevada i agree okay I'm seeing a station right now, it's below $4. But overall, the Western United States is paying significantly higher
1: than the Eastern United States. Sure. So here's what I, so would, here's not- what I would say to that. If you are, and I think you're trying to make the case here and and I respectfully disagree with you that Gavin Newsom is responsible for the high gas prices or at least partially responsible. no, I did not say that I did not say that at the start of the com- that. oh I, I well, I thought at the start of the conversation you had said he lost the argument on gas prices because of what the prices are in his own state, and that would lead me well, to believe he- that you're putting blame on Gavin Newsom. No, I'm not okay then i then i then I'm misrepresenting what you said. It sounded to me like you were putting no. some blame on him okay no,
4: but he didn't he didn't he didn't answer the question very very well okay you didn't the like the way
1: you didn't like the way he answered the question okay i understand i yes. think I think as yes. a whole as a whole, Cyrus, politicians don't set the gas prices. you know that. As a whole, it has a lot to do with a number of different issues. It starts with corporate greed. I'm glad Gavin Newsom is suing some of these companies, but also the war in the Ukraine. The, the war in the Ukraine and coming out of COVID certainly is a factor of it as well. Uh, so I think there's a lot but, of different factors there.
4: But then, but that's my point. Okay, I, I, I see what you're trying to say. But when it's a dollar fifty more than a state like Florida or even like New Jersey, as a matter of fact, and that's a blue state. Doesn't isn't there some gouging, specific gouging going on in more in the Western United States, but specifically California, than it is in the Eastern United States? Are Uh, they becoming more? I think there are multiple. Because how do you explain the dollar fifty gap?
1: Yeah, I think there are multiple factors in why there is that gap there, but I can tell you that there are a hell of a lot more people on the road in California than they are in Vermont. There's a hell of a lot more people on the, now listen, you can take Boston and New York City and Philadelphia as well, but I can tell yes. you, I can tell you right now, if you did, if you do some research on this and then get back to me, there are more people driving on the roadways uh, in these states than there are in some of these states on the East Coast. Um, you know, Nevada not being one of them. Obviously, there's a lot of people on the roadways in Las Vegas, but there's also a lot of desert in the state of Nevada. So there's a lot of different factors into it. I would say that the problem I have, uh, Cyrus, and I'm not saying that you're doing this because I don't think you are. The problem I have with a lot of MAGA Republicans today or even Republicans in general is they want to blame Joe Biden for the high gas prices and they know nothing about okay. uh, economics. And that's what's frustrating to me.
4: I, 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 I well, I, I don't want to blame Joe Biden for what's happening in this part of the country. Okay, but here's what I do believe: mm-hmm. I believe that California has extra taxes and policies that makes fuel more expensive. Now, that's part of the reason. That's part of the reason. What they do is they gouge the prices behind the scene, like a mystery surcharge. What happens is, is that. They're able to get away with it because they're able to point the finger at the taxes as if it's mm-hmm. 100% of. But we know it's not because Nevada and Arizona is also being gouged because our fuel supplies come from Southern California. They come from those refineries around
1: L.A. Well, I think that's we both fact. agree, though, that we need to be more energy independent. Uh, I think most of us agree on that, and we know the party that does not want to be energy independent. But I could also tell but, you that
4: that's not going to solve the gap problem. I mean, gas could be a dollar in that part of the country. Well, we need to stop relying.
1: We need here. to stop relying on other countries uh, for our oil. I think we can start there. Well, I think, I, yeah,
4: I, I disagree. Well, I agree with that Pardon me, but I do think that the policies of California created a climate. I'm not saying they're 100 percent responsible. They created a climate that allowed the oil companies to mm-hmm. secretly gouge the prices. Well, that might, Listen, that might be true. Listen, that might yeah. Because if you want to be doing this in Florida, because they would easily find out, because Florida doesn't have a, you know, they don't have a scapegoat.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, I don't, finger on. I don't, I uh, don't, listen, that might be true. I'm not saying that Gavin Newsom is perfect. He's got a lot of problems in his own state. Every state has problems. But with that being said, yeah. I'm not going to blame a governor. I'm not saying you're doing that either, but I'm not going to blame a specific governor or president. I didn't blame George W. Bush when the gas prices were through the roof either. I'm not I wouldn't blame Donald Trump. I wouldn't blame Joe Biden. Uh, I think Republicans yeah. and Democrats need to come together, get some better policy put in place. Uh, the price gouging, I think we need more laws put on the books. Uh, and at the same time, oh, when, you, when you look at these oil companies, they have record profits in the last several years. Uh, and that hurts the American people. It might help their back pockets, but it's not helping us. Uh, Cyrus, uh, Cyrus right. I appreciate your call as always, my friend. Good discussion. I appreciate call- it, yep, thank, thank you. you. Let's um, talk more. Appreciate that. 702-221-7283 is the number to call if you want to be a part of the con- conversation. Again, 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Uh, we also just had Fred Gutenberg on the show. He lost his daughter in the parkland school shooting and it was really the only name that was mentioned besides donald trump it was the only real name that was mentioned in the debate last night and that's why i wanted to get fred on the show he's done the show before uh i wish his name wasn't mentioned and i wish we didn't have to talk about his his beautiful daughter who lost her life i wish we didn't have to talk about parkland and gun violence and all these innocent people that lose their lives quite frankly every single day in this country but we do we do and I'm going to continue to talk about it. And I'm going to continue to do what Fred Gutenberg does. And I'm going to t- continue to speak my mind and my opinions on gun control. And if you're one of those people out there that thinks we shouldn't do anything or more guns are the answer, then in my personal opinion, you're part of the problem. We don't always have to agree on everything. But if you don't think anything should be done in this country when it comes to all the gun violence then you're, you're not somebody that I really want to have a conversation with about guns. And if, again, you're one of those people that wants to raise your voice to the high heavens, it's mental illness, then ask yourself, why do we have this country problem in this country? Because there's mentally ill people all over the world. They don't have the gun violence that we have here. Something is not working. We are a country that is obsessed with our guns, ladies and gentlemen, and something is not working. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, boy, uh, I always love having Nicole Mitchell on the show. If you don't know who she is, she's been featured on Dr. Phil. She's been on the Jimmy Kimmel Show. Well, she used to be a pastor, and now she's an OnlyFans model, showing off the goods. I don't blame her. And she's making a lot of money, and she's left that alt-right Christian evangelical career of being a pastor behind We'll talk to her coming up next, Nicole Mitchell. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
0: Buddy, Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Brigham Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
1: Everybody, Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent on site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less mailbox rentals with a physical street address and they also receive your packages from amazon ups fedex usps and more here's the best part if you're a pushing the limits listener they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service you can't beat it give them a call 702-873-8005 check them out at 6130 west flamingo road it's the postal annex tell them i sent you
5: Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top Realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust, someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Gwynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert, 702-540-3311.
3: For everyone.
0: Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Brigham Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
1: welcome back it is pushing the limits on a friday thank you so much for joining us pretty busy weekend in store we got the pac 12 championship game which is going to be at uh it's at Allegiant legion stadium of course where else would it be and then tomorrow unlv uh in the championship mountain west conference game against boise state so we got a lot of stuff happening uh over the weekend that i will be attending and i just learned that the q shaman is going to be uh joining us on the show next week. So that should be interesting. Uh, Interesting character, but I always appreciate all sorts of different people that uh, are willing to come on the show and I'm glad he'll be able to do that. But uh, speaking of interesting, uh, it's been a little while since I got a chance to talk, talk to this lovely lady. She is... Pastor turned stripper, as a lot of people would would characterize it as. She makes a lot of money on OnlyFans, which I think is great. I don't know if George Santos is one of her fans or not. He he might he might be. I, I don't know, but uh, I love her story, and it's always great having her on the show. Nicole Mitchell, Nicole, what's going on? How are you? Good to good to see you.
6: Hi, I've missed you. I've missed our weekly date, so it's, I'm so glad we're back for it.
1: I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, it's been a little while, and then we got the holidays right around the corner. Um, I want to, I want to start with this story because it's a story that I've talked about a lot on this show. I talk about hate crimes on this show a lot, right? And when someone says they were the victim of a hate crime, obviously I'm sure we both take that very seriously, but, I, but the, but the Jesse Smollett story is very different, right? The former empire actor, we all know what happened there. He staged his own hate crime, very stupid thing to do. And now he's going to, it looks like he's definitely going to go to jail because we just learned earlier today that he just lost his appeal and uh, unless they take it to the Supreme Court, which I don't think will do any good at this point, Jesse Smollett is going to be a, a prisoner. He's going to go to jail. What do you make of this story and what do you make of a gay black male who I know there are plenty of people who are gay, people who are black? It doesn't matter what you are. Sadly, there are people in this country that are victims of hate crimes. But Jesse Smollett's not one of them. What do you make of this story and, and, and the fact that he will be going to jail?
6: I was just talking to my OnlyFans about this where I am like so baffled. Like, why? Why Brian? Because like, he was an actor. He was successful. Like, why did he risk or slash kind of throw away the success and career he had built up for himself? Like, Mm -hmm. and I always want to believe in the good intentions. I'm like, was he trying to help people believe in the violence against black bodies and LGBTQ people? Like, Please tell me there's a good motive, but it's only backfired, not only ruining his life, but also making hate crime seem like it's a hoax or seem like it's fake or it's all staged when it's a very real thing in our country. So I just wish I knew what was going inside his brain when he decided to do this.
1: Well, I can only guess and I can only go by uh, what we learned in court, at least what the prosecution uh, tried to prove, which they did, is that he was a guy. Who didn't feel like he was getting his due justice with the money that he was being paid. He felt like he deserved more prowess, more money, more roles, more everything. And he felt like he was the victim. And the reason why he was the victim is because he was a, a gay black man. Now I think he's full of crap. Am I saying that there aren't victims of hate crimes out there? People who are gay, people who are, of course, it happens sadly every day in this company that the, in this country where people are treated differently. Here's a guy who was able to make a nice living for himself doing what he loved to do as an actor. It worked out pretty well for Jesse Smollett. And it worked out well because he was a hard worker, because he's a good actor. Some people would characterize him as a good actor. I don't know. He's a director. And now he's going to be going to jail. That's the only reasoning that I can come up with that. But it's amazing to me, Nicole, the lengths that he was willing to go. He hired a couple people to buy rope, to throw a few punches, a couple of actors that he knew, that were actually on the set of empire as extras. He went way above and beyond trying to make it look like he was the victim of a crime because he thought it would help his career. And I got to tell you, it's backfired and it's forever hurt his career. Yet there are still people out there that say he's innocent. And I'm like, are you on crack cocaine? What the evidence is overwhelming that he's the one who orchestrated this whole thing.
6: It's like, okay, I get it. I get like, as a black gay man, he probably was facing a lot of discrimination. He probably was not getting paid as much as his white or straight co-workers are. That's a very real thing in America. But you're right. Like the lengths to which he went to do this shows like if he took all that energy and effort, organization and planning and strategizing and channeled it right. towards something actually productive and helpful. And I know it's slow. Like when you're trying to create change, especially like systemic change in our country, it is long-term. It is yeah. not a quick fix. Like it's, and that's part of the frustrating part of it is, you know, the injustice is there and you know, it's going to mm-hmm. take a long time for justice to actually prevail, but to take short shortcuts, brutal, painful, costly shortcuts that then end up jeopardizing and backfiring everything you've built is just so unwise.
1: You know what the saddest, there's a couple of things that are really sad about this, but the saddest part about this is not Jesse Smollett and what's going to happen in his career. The saddest part is this hurts real victims of hate crimes, yeah, right? I totally the, agree. The real victims of hate crimes that file reports, and sometimes people are going to say, "Uh oh, did you pull a Jesse Smollett?" And, oh. and for the real victims out there, and what's even more sad is that Smollett's done some good things in his life. He's helped people that were in need, people that were real victims, helped people in the LGBT community, helped people of color. Uh, he's done that in his life. I'm not going to take that away from him. But what he's done, er- uh, sadly, erases all that. Uh, that's the real problem here is that you're really hurting real, true victims, which we know beyond the shadow of a doubt, because it's already been proven in a court of law, Jesse Smollett was not a victim. Uh, and that's what makes this thing even more sad is that it hurts the real victims out there, right?
6: It really does. And it, how sad to think that your name is now used for that. Like yeah. your name is going down in history as a joke, right? As a fake, as a hoax, like, oh, it, it, yeah, it hurts the real victims the most. And I am so, 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 so sorry for those moving forward.
1: Yep. Uh, he He's going to be where he belongs very soon. Uh, he's going to be behind bars and let him think about that. And, and here's a guy who the worst part about this whole thing is, well, maybe not the worst part about it, but what's really pathetic Cause that's what I think Jesse Smollett is. He's pathetic. Mm-hmm. If this was a guy who just made a horrible mistake and did what he did and then owned it, he said, you know, I let my emotions get the best of me. I'm not a victim. Uh, I was selfish. I did this so that in hopes that I could make more money, blah, blah, blah. What I did was terrible. And he, if he apologized, mm-hmm. then I'd say, you know what? Give the guy probation give him a second chance. I really would say that, even though what he did was terrible. I really would say that. Take a year or so, put him on probation, let him think about it, but at least he's on... The the worst part for him is he still maintains his innocence and he thinks that people are dumb enough to believe this was actually a real hate crime when the two people that you know, got the rope and did everything. Knew him, and I've already uh, testified against him. That's what's incredible. If he, it, the guy is a narcissist, and he still doesn't own what he did. If he just owned what he did, I'm not sure he'd ever spend a day in jail. Mm.
6: Gosh, we talk about this in my life coaching world. We talk about radical responsibility, like taking radical responsibility of your actions and decisions, even when you made crappy decisions you made terrible decisions with terrible repercussions there's something so powerful about when you own it say i did it that was so stupid of me yeah. i have like you know what i mean like there's just something but when you don't own it and you keep perpetuating the story of i didn't do it i didn't do it it just makes the whole situation worse and i love that perspective of you brian because people will say online that you're a hard ass but i love <laughs> this like compassionate side to you where like if if you would freaking own it like it would change the way you feel about him yeah. and it could change the consequences he's facing.
1: Yeah. Well, I could make a terrible joke and say that when I go on uh, only fans and look at some of your pictures, they would be correct, but that would be, uh, <laughs> that would be another story for another show. Uh, so they're partially right. I guess um, uh, I do want to move though, to another topic that is serious. Uh, and it's somebody that I've interviewed before somebody that I've met before, And probably one of the most famous people on the planet right now. Let's just call it for what it is in Puff Daddy or Diddy, as people call him. Um, There are a lot of conspiracy theories out there that Diddy had something to do with the Tupac murder, that Diddy had something to do with the B.I.G. murder. I'm not going to go there because I don't have evidence that that's true. However, Diddy has now stepped away from his uh, media network company. And the reason why he's done that is because he's been accused of some very serious crimes. Now, allegedly, we don't know if it's true or not. However, he's been accused of rape, uh, assault, sexual assault, and it gets worse. And um, I'm going to tell you that I think there's some validity to this. And here's where I, again, I'm going to believe the accuser or accusers here. He's already stepped away from his media company. If you're completely innocent, mm-hmm. don't you get out in front of the cameras and say that immediately and file a countersuit. So I'm going to believe the accusers here. What do you make of this story? Diddy's one of the most uh, recognizable people, certainly in this country. Uh, what do you make of this story?
6: It was devastating for me to read about it. I just like, I just cannot stand violence against women. I hate that it is such an issue in the world and in our country. And I hate when uh, men with power and money can get away with it because they use their power and money to shut victims up and, um, it's one thing when one victim comes out, it's one thing he's had three people come out against him. So when you've had multiple people and it's over years, we're talking a span of 23 years, the, uh, the first accusations from 1991 till recently. And so it, to me, it reflects his character. It reflects a pattern. It reflects a truth that's there. And it's absolutely devastating because he's known for drugging. He's known for. He's known for um, sex trafficking. Like it, the list is so horrific. Um, and then he was—he tried to shut up his latest victim with an eight-figure offer, and she turned it down. Right. And so, if you're turning down eight figures, like if you were really in it for the money, you would take the money and leave. But I really believe she's in it to tell her truth, as horrifying as that truth is.
1: Yeah, and you know, a lot of people—I shouldn't say a lot of people, but there's a percentage of people in this country that'll say, "Well, why didn't she call the police right away? Why didn't you do this right away?" And my response to that is. I look at Bill Cosby, right? Bill Cosby was, uh, you know, uh, an icon for so many people. And, and I guess for some people in this country still is, but he was one of the most powerful people in show business on the planet for a long period of time. And I know one woman specifically that he sexually assaulted and they, they a lot of them tell me the same thing, which is that they were afraid. This was a very powerful man. Uh, they thought that they'd be added, outed from the industry that they were in if they said anything to anybody. Uh, women have all sorts of, and men have all sorts of different reasons why they don't immediately report a sexual assault. It could be embarrassment. It, it, there's so many different reasons out there. So I'm not one of those people that immediately says, well, you should have reported it 30 years ago. You must be lying because that's just not the, pl- not, not, not true. And people got to stop thinking like that
6: hmm There's so many factors at play because even um, one of Diddy's like ex-girlfriends that he beat for 10 years, she did the same thing. She stayed quiet because he was her manager and he threatened, if you report me, I'm going to pull your songs. I'm going to pull your art. And no one will know your name. And like, she was very talented and wanted her name out there and wanted her music out there. So she was in a really screwed position. If she says something, her career's ruined because he'll make sure to ruin it. But if she doesn't say something, she still has a chance at a career, but she will be ruined in the process of it. Like, it's never as simple as just report it. And then if you do talk to women, um, I um, rec- one of my best friends was assaulted and raped. Mm, and when she did sorry. report it, they were cruel to her. They didn't believe her. They said, well, there's nothing we can do, so you just need to get over it. Or we can go slap his wrist. Do you want us to go slap his wrist? You know, and then the way they examine her at the hospital, it's just like cold, sterile very aggressive. And she felt more vulnerable, more exposed, more assaulted through that process. And she's like, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't have reported it. So even the reporting process is, is grueling. It's not safe. It's not warm. It's not where the women are believed. They're just told like, whoops, boys will be boys. And like, you shouldn't put yourself in that position. It's horrible. So bad.
1: That's so horrible. Like I'm not a trained professional in that field. I wouldn't want to be. But if I was, The first thing I would say to somebody like that is, listen, this is going to be very difficult. we got to do this, this, and this. However, if we do all these things, our goal, and I believe we will find the person that did this to you, and we will hold them accountable. Stick with us. Let us do this. I mean, I just think there are ways of talking to people, and then there are ways of not talking to people. And I think sexual assault is one of the worst crimes that any human being or lack thereof could commit. Yeah. And that's really sad. I'm really sad to hear that your friend would say that now that, boy, she wishes she didn't do that because, you know, there are so many people out there and there are listen, there are people out. I understand why she would say that, by the way. I'm not uh I'm not saying she's wrong for saying that. I, I respect her opinion on that. There are a lot of other people out there that say, boy, I wish I did this sooner. Right. Harvey Weinstein is a perfect example. Right. All the women that 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 because of his power and money, all the women that he assaulted and forced women and coerced them into sexual acts. uh, A lot of those women said, boy, I wish wish I came forward earlier. But, you know, I was somebody young trying to make it in the industry. I thought he could help me and I was afraid. You know, I, I think of Gwyneth Paltrow and I think of some of the most established actresses on the planet that 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 share their stories. But back then they they weren't as famous and they were afraid. And and all I'm saying is I understand why people don't report it. In a perfect world I wish everybody would report a sexual assault immediately. But you know, we don't live in a perfect world and people have their reasons, right?
6: Yep. And there's and there's part of abuse is psychological brainwashing. Right? Like you'll read this in different scenarios. I read this about Diddy um yesterday where they physically assault you and then they shower you with love and affection and presence and apologies and like it confuses your brain and it makes you question if that assault just happened it's crazy what your brain will do to survive and so so many women are like horribly abused but then so loved and spoiled and taken Mm -hmm. care of and pampered afterwards it's so confusing that it disarms them Right. So we have to remember that with abuse isn't as black and white as it is to outsiders. Like, oh, just report it. There's brainwashing. There's conditioning. There's threatening. There's manipulation. There's coercion. There's so many layers to it. Unless they are extremely smart or have access to resources or have a therapist or some other corner, it is very, very difficult to get out of an abusive situation. And when they do the courage it takes, the strength it takes is so much that we should Mm -hmm. treat them with warmth and respect and believe them. But instead, they're often treated even more cruelly, for coming out.
1: Yeah, sadly, I agree with you. That's that's well said. I want to get your take on this since we are talking about sexual abuse and sexual assault. It seems to me, and you tell me whether you disagree or agree with me, a lot of the people out there today think what you want about Joe Biden, but there are people on the extreme right, many MAGA Republicans, that call Joe Biden a pedophile. By the way, he's never been convicted or accused of being some sort of pedophile. I know a lot of people will say, well, his daughter wrote that book. It's not illegal for a father to shower with his daughter when they are at a very, very young age. I believe his daughter wrote that book. And by the way, I never filed a police report, wrote that book uh, to make money off of it. Um, so a lot of those same people that say Joe Biden is a pedophile, he's sniffing children's hair, are also the same people that are very silent when we know for a fact mm. that Donald Trump is a liable rapist, and it was proven in a courtroom. Let's not forget about the 25 women who have accused him of sexual assault mm-hmm. or rape, including his ex-wife in court documents who claimed that at the time her husband raped her and then Donald Trump paid her money to keep her mouth shut. These are court documents. This is public stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the same people that don't talk about that and they want to call Joe Biden a pedophile because he might have, appeared to have been a little creepy in hugging a child.
6: Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting because I come from the right. That was a term that was thrown around so easily. Everyone was a pedophiler that we didn't like. And it's like, it. and I, I get it because it's very like triggering and it's supposed to rally up the masses to be against this person. But when I was in the right, we used the word so much, it lost its bones. Like I didn't believe anyone after that. I'm like, even as a right person on the right, I thought you say that about everyone It's no, it's not true about anyone is what it came to the conclusion of. And so I think I get tactics and scaremongering and getting people riled up. First of all, I please ask, use facts. Um, and second of all, when you keep using that term for anyone you dislike or disagree with, it just, it, it loses its potency. It doesn't work. It makes you look ridiculous. And I want to say at the same time, yes, we're against pedophilia. Yes, we're for protect, protecting children. 1000%. I'm a mom of five kids. Like I'm very, very protective of children, which is why I don't want that term to be thrown around loosely. I don't want anyone to call anyone that term unless it's actually accurate, like, Even if you think it's an allegation, then call an allegation. Don't say someone is straight up that word. Right. Because you're just inciting hate and anger and and groupthink. And it does not produce any good.
1: Yeah. And listen, if there are people out there that that are still defending Donald Trump and some of my statements on social media, if you don't believe any of these 25 women and you don't believe Donald Trump's ex-wife. Okay. If you think Donald Trump's ex-wife lied under oath, uh, you can go ahead and believe that. But here's the facts. Donald Trump has been proven a liable sexual assaulter Mm -hmm. rapist in a courtroom. He is liable for rape. That was proven by a jury of his peers. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. Uh, Donald Trump has never even been charged with a crime for anything in his life. So that's just speculation and opinion on your part. It's fact what I'm bringing to the table here. Mm -hmm. So somebody who has been proven a liable rapist in a courtroom I'm gonna to tend to believe others that come forward that say they have been sexually assaulted as well. That's just the way I am, and people can disagree with that, but I think it it bears a little bit more credibility to those people that have come forward.
6: Yeah, twenty five is a lot. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> once you start seeing, it's it's. I mean, it's a lot for one. One is horrible. No one ever, 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 ever should assault anyone. Like it's so it's so abhor abhorrent, but. It, when you have a pattern of multiple people coming out, coming out, coming out, coming, there is something happening, right? There's not 25 people sitting around thinking this would be fun to jeopardize my entire career and family safety for this fun train ride. This is a very serious situation to be in. And so when you start seeing a pattern, as scary as it is to address what's really going on, we have to, yeah. we have to see if there's this many people coming out, something is going on. And then yeah. when it's looked into and it's proven in court of law, there's subs- yeah. there's substance there.
1: You know, Nicole, something about me is I do put my money where my mouth is, and there's somebody on social media that seems to be wearing Donald Trump knee pads, for lack of a better term, uh, saying that what are you going to do when he's cleared of all charges? Uh, as you know, Donald Trump is facing 91 felony counts. And as I've said to anybody, I will make a bet with anybody listening right now that Donald Trump is going to be a convicted felon. I'm not saying he's going to get convicted of all 91 counts, but he will be con- a convicted felon. I don't know how many charges, but he will be. He will not be cleared of all charges. And I will make a financial bet with anybody who is willing to bet me on that. But of course, the people that defend Donald Trump that say he's innocent and he's going to be cleared of all charges will never put their money where their mouth is and do that. And those are the ones that called Joe Biden a pedophile. Mm. <laughs> God, what a mess. What a mess. <laughs> and somebody just said 80% of all charges have been erased. That's also a lie. He's facing 91 felony counts. None of those charges have been erased. So this person has absolutely no idea what they're talking about. But, you know, listen, uh, Donald Trump likes the uneducated. He's said that before. Uh, he's also <laughs> said he can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and they would still vote for me. So again, I deal with people like that on this show every day. Nicole, it's very stressful at times, but you know, uh, one, one mag at a time. That's what I say. You can't oh save everybody God. one mag at a time. Uh, that's what I try to do. Uh, but anyway, let's move on now. Um, let's talk a little bit about TikTok. So, uh, what do you make yes. of this judge that this is a big story, national story, a judge that has blocked Montana's TikTok ban? What do you make about this?
6: I was shocked when I read this, Brian, because I'm just like, how does the state ban an app? Like, how does that even, are they even allowed? Is that one of their rights? And I was like researching it and and then I thought because I didn't like the influence it was having on like young people because it is very obviously very influential pat- platform. But as I dug deeper, it was, a, it was because of the Chinese government and they're afraid of like the selling or releasing of confidential private information, this whole thing. But then it was blocked. And so I First, I found it fascinating that they were trying to block an app. And then second, I was fascinated that this is their effective response to the Chinese government. And then third, that it was stopped, like the ban was stopped. I want to know your take on this.
1: Sure. So here's my take on TikTok and any form of social media. If you're going to ban TikTok, then you need to ban all forms of social media. What is the difference between, and I'm going to defend TikTok here. What is the difference between TikTok and Instagram? What is the difference between TikTok and Twitter? What is the difference between TikTok and Facebook? For the most part, all these social media platforms, you can do the same thing. You post videos, you can go live. What's the difference? Now, if you want to talk about what these social media platforms should do in banning certain content, then I think that's a very fair conversation to have. I don't really understand why TikTok is being singled out. I don't care who owns it. What is the difference between, I mean, somebody could own TikTok living in a cave in Afghanistan. I really don't care. What I care about is what are they doing differently than, than Twitter is doing or X mm-hmm. or whatever the hell it's called? What are they doing different than, you know, a YouTube? What are they, you know? Yeah. I don't think they're doing much at all different. So if mm-hmm. we, if, if the, the talk is about banning TikTok, then you probably have to ban all social media. Listen, I think there are negatives and positives to social media. I've talked about it on this show plenty of times, and I'm interested to get your take. But that's my opinion on this whole TikTok thing. If you're going to ban TikTok, then what's the difference between TikTok and Twitter? Yeah,
6: or why TikTok and not porn? Right. Not that I want to go there because I am obviously a, <laughs> right. a working in those fields.
1: And obviously, um, on social media, there's certain pornography which is which is not allowed, or it's only allowed right? for certain age groups. Which which, by the way, I agree with. But but yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand it.
6: I know it's so interesting. Um, there was that, I can't remember that documentary that came out years ago about showing the effects of social media and Mm -hmm. how social media is designed to like suck you in and keep you on the devices. And it's horrible. And like a bunch of my people watched it and they were like, I'm no longer using these apps. I'm no longer going to use iMessage. Like it created such a visceral response in people. I intentionally not chose not to watch it because my business is run entirely on social media. Mm -hmm. And so I can't watch a film telling me all the horrors of what it means to be on social media when it is the way I generate my income and my impact. Right. And so I've had to make peace that I spend a lot of time in social media, but my main purpose is to use it as a vehicle to make a difference in the world, to make the world a better place. So I chose not to watch that and not get caught up in like all that drama, but instead try to be a good steward of my time and my energy and my messaging, because it's the, I feel like the platform, is just neutral. Yeah. You I th- can use it for good and for bad. So if right. I'm going to use it for good, that's what counts.
1: I think there's a difference between calling somebody a moron or an idiot and then harassing somebody to the point where, you know, they become depressed or suicidal. Uh, yes. There are certain things, you yes. shouldn't be, you shouldn't condone violence, you shouldn't be allowed to incite violence, you shouldn't, yep. you know, racism or, you know, that sort of deal, that type of hatred can't be allowed on any social media platform. And then when people want to say freedom of speech, that only pertains to the government, that doesn't pertain to private business. If a social media platform wants to ban you, it's a private business, they're allowed to do that. Um, and I think there are things you should be allowed to say, and then there's, things you shouldn't be allowed to say if you love donald trump and you think donald trump is the best president in the history of this country you should be allowed to say that i'm i should be allowed to call you a moron for saying it and i disagree with you but you're allowed to say it um we could have differences of opinions but um i do think where social media in general gets it wrong Mm -hmm. is medical misinformation I, i particularly during COVID, i thought i think there was too much medical misinformation floating around out there from both sides and and that can kill people and it did
6: literally and it yeah literally because i think that's the danger of just even the internet is it it makes us all think we're the experts i just have to google my symptoms i'll know what the 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 ailment is. I'll know what the treatment is. I just have to Google this and I'll find out all the answers. And people have devoted their entire lives and careers to a specific industry or the medical field. And to think that my five minute on Google is equivalent to someone's degree and years in the practice is silly, you know? Yeah. And so I think like, it's great to gather information, but I think we have to remember it doesn't make us an expert.
1: Right. I agree with you. And then that We have a, a, a MAGA on social media that says, quote, liberals did it. Uh, I like to kind of set the record for people that maybe don't understand, so I'll speak very slowly so this person can understand, Nicole. Um, it was Donald Trump when COVID started that said it would be gone by Easter. It was Donald Trump that is quoted as saying it'll be 15 cases down to zero. It was Donald Trump that talked about infecting, uh, injecting yourself with disinfectant at a coronavirus press conference. So obviously this person... Either is very forgetful or can't spell the word fact. I'm not saying that there aren't liberals out there that didn't also spread misinformation, but is an extremely misinformed and ignorant statement to say it was just liberals that did it. Your own president, Cheeto Jesus, is the one that spread misinformation oh yeah and by the way he wants credit for operation warp speed which was helping to get the vaccines out there yet so many of his supporters today claim that the vaccines are poison so again for people out there that like this person that clearly doesn't know what he or she is talking about liberals do not do it every day in fact it was the cheeto jesus man who you voted for that did it every day in his press conferences i'm sorry nicole i just had to set the record straight with some people out there that don't really seem to remember those days of the Donald Trump press conferences. So I try to speak slowly so that they can understand, but they might be hopeless. I don't know.
6: (laughs) I love you. I love your little rants. I'm here for it.
1: (laughs) I have to do it, Nicole. So what do you got going on this weekend, by the way?
6: Oh my gosh, what is it? Oh, I'm recovering from getting sick. I think like everyone was Ooh. getting a bug around the holiday. Like so many of my friends and family got sick over the holidays. I was good a couple of days ago. I got hit hard, so I'm just taking it easy. Oh. I'm going live on my OnlyFans for my big monthly performance uh, tomorrow oh. night. So if you're, you're when am
1: phone? I going to be in one of your performances? That's what I want to know.
6: Oh shit, <laughs> they are. Wild. We'll have
1: to we'll have to talk about that. Uh, but yes. no, in, in all seriousness, that sounds like a fun weekend. Uh, I'm going to be watching a bunch of college, uh, football this weekend in Las Vegas, but we got to get you out here. It's getting a little chilly here in Vegas, by the way, it's kind of cold. Yeah.
6: Yes. I was in, I was in Palm desert last weekend, which is the desert. And it, it reminded me of Vegas. I'm like, God, it's so hot when it's hot, but it is freezing when yeah. it's cold there.
1: I just want to set the record straight again with this MAGA person. Uh, he just said hitting on your callers. First of all, uh, 24, I guess is his name. This is actually a guest that comes on my show every week. See, if you picked up the phone with your Trump fingers and you called into the show, you would be a caller and I can guarantee you I would not be hitting on you. Uh, but, uh, it's called having fun with a guest that is very attractive and fun and flirtation. That's what it is called. Um, so I think there's a little distinction there. Again, I'm speaking very slowly to someone that maybe doesn't understand how radio works. Sorry, Nicole. I try to, I try to give people lessons. I try to teach people. I'm doing my best. I'm doing, my best. I'm doing my best. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I love you too. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and uh, we got to get you out here to Vegas again. And I look forward to catching up with you next week. Okay, Nicole, thank you so much for wait, joining Ryan. us. As always, thank fun you. segment. As always, thank you.
6: Have a wonderful weekend.
1: You too. That's Nicole Mitchell, everybody. Pastor Turnstripper. stripper. I just that, the way it rolls off the tongue, man. It's uh, it sounds really good. It really does. Num no, check. Are you even a? Are you a mem? Like, do you? Are you on Nicole's uh, OnlyFans page? No, not at all. Why not? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I wasn't. I was just asking. I'm just throwing it out there. Not at all. There. Have you ever Googled her before? Yes. Okay, so that's fair. What pops up?
4: Lots of fun stuff.
1: Oh, fun stuff. Fun okay, stuff. Okay, good, good. So she's just sitting in a library studying, or yeah, that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay, I didn't know. I've never. I haven't really Googled her. No, wait. I did do that once. When uh, somebody asked me who she was, and I think it was an image of her on the Dr. Phil show. Yeah. That's what popped up. That showed up to yeah. uh, Dr. Phil. Are you kidding me? That's my Dr. Phil. Uh, but anyway, we love Nicole. We love it when she uh, comes on the show and she's the best. Um, uh, and we appreciate her taking the time. Well, geez, I hope everyone's going to have a great weekend. Um, as I mentioned, I'm going to be headed uh, in one way or another to the uh, Pac-12 game today. Uh, Big game, two really good football teams playing in Vegas. It's the Pac-12 championship game. And then tomorrow, UNLV football. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this game tomorrow. Um, It's been a long time since UNLV was in a championship game in the Mountain West Conference. But uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. As I predicted, and I predicted this six weeks ago, Coach Odom is a National Coach of the Year finalist. He's probably not going to win it, even though I think he certainly deserves to. But just the fact that we have a UNLV head football coach that's a national coach of the year candidate is awesome. Uh, Obviously, he won the Mountain West coach of the year. I mean, that was like hands down. Um, Boise State's a good football team. And they've been at the top of the Mountain West Conference for over a decade. I mean, decades. They've been really, really good. Where's Keller Moore? I don't know. But um, people have asked me for my prediction on this game. And I've thought about it. Gosh, I really want UNLV to win this game tomorrow. But I have to be honest with you. Oh, I just think Boise's a little better. And their fans travel. I think this is a tall task for UNLV. If they do win, it'll be a miraculous win. And they're going to be in a really good bowl game. That loss to San Jose State hurt. But they're still going to be in a good bowl game. Don't get me wrong. But Boise State's really good. And the spread is like three, three and a half. It's like somewhere around there. There's a reason for that. I do think Boise State wins this game. I do think Boise State wins by double digits. I God, I hate to say that. I hope I'm wrong. Of course I want UNLV to win. I love Coach Odom and I love, I love these guys that have done the show all year. And man, I'm rooting for them. You know, of course I want them to win. I'll be up there in the media section. And yes, I'm going to be rooting for you and LV. I want them to win. These are good kids. It's a good program. Now it's a good program. And Odom's done a phenomenal job. Um, I just think Boise State's going to be tough tomorrow. It's a tough, tough W. Their fans travel, too. God, if you're UNLV... Listen, I'm not Caleb Herring. I don't say ridiculous things on this radio show, like he says, on a regular basis. He wanted 60,000 fans in there for the San Jose State game, which is probably one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life. First of all, they don't even open the upper bowl. That's such a ridiculous statement. Not going to get 60,000 fans. But could we get get maybe 30,000? The tickets are $20. Could we get 30? Could we show the Boise State fans that UNLV fans support their team? I think that's doable. Can we get 30? So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But um, I hope I can go on the air on Monday. And I really hope um, I could be talking about UNLV winning this conference championship game. Regardless, they're going to have another game to play because they've earned that. They will be in a bowl game. But um, we'll have to wait and see how that happens. So it's going to be exciting. Pac-12 championship game today should be exciting as well. Vegas Golden Knights are back home tomorrow. I can't go to everything folks, you know, but I will be going to the NBA midseason tournament which is next week and we're going to be talking a lot about that because the practices start on Wednesday, the quarterfinal games are this uh this weekend. So uh I believe if I'm not mistaken on Monday we're going to know um what the final 4 is. I'm hoping that the Lakers and the Celtics play in the championship game. I don't think anything would be better than that. So we'll have to wait and see, but uh really great for Vegas. And it won't cause the traffic that the F1 caused. That's 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 what makes it even better. But uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So we got the NBA. God, we got some great guests already lined for you next week. The the QAnon Shaman, the Q Shaman. Jake Engley will be joining us next week on the show. We also have the Mooch, Anthony Scaramucci, that's booked next week. So we got some great guests already. Uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, Chris Wynn will be in studio on Monday as always. Uh, my thanks to Justin. And uh, hey. Everybody, have a fantastic weekend. Have fun out there. My guests, I want to thank them, of course, uh, the great Fred Gutenberg for joining us. Love that guy. What a hero he is. Uh, thank Fred for joining us. And of course, I want to thank Nicole Mitchell for joining us as well. It's always a fun segment. All right, everybody, that's a wrap. We will see you on Monday, same time, same place. Have a great day, everybody.